Welcome, everybody, to the Camp Camp Counselor's Corner right here on Rooster Team Radio. I'm one of your hosts, the Internet's Mark Bidonica, joined by the rest of the Rooster Team, though we are missing a couple of members today. Uh, joined, as always, by Megan Salinas. Good morning, campers. And you may all be wondering why I've gathered you here today. Is it a murder mystery? Did somebody die? <laughs> Did somebody pee? <laughs> I mean that does happen when you die. I like I like we go from who who peed to who died. <laughs> Somebody died from pee. Um, oh no! And Ka- Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. Seriously though, did somebody die? I mean, it seems like it. We keep losing numbers uh, d- week after week. Uh, we were supposed to have uh, a guest with us today, but unfortunately, life. Uh, uh, found a way, and she was not able uh, to join us. But we fully intend on having her on the show. Uh, Stacy is still out. She, I believe, is on her way back from her vacation. And oh boy, what an experience she had! So happy for her. I'm excited to hear about it in a future episode. But uh, today we are going to be doing a little bit of catch up and talking about who peed in the lake. Camp, camp, season four, episode three. But before we get to the episode. We had a camp activity that a, a lot more people did. Two is a lot more than zero. So <laughs> let's <laughs> the, the camp activity that we presented in our last episode was if you had carte blanche and a fantasy 3D printer, what would you make? And in the Discord, we got one from Youngbro who said, for my camp activity, I'm going to go the arid route with a little twist and 3D print a hover bike instead of the hoverboard she asked for in season one, since as a tall boy, my balance is less than ideal. 10% with you on that. That that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, yeah. no, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a Simpsons episode where the kids are promised hover bikes, <laughs> and then it turns out it was a trick. So uh, real hover bikes would be awesome. Yeah, now it's just Christmas. What do you want? What you want from Santa? We have from uh, Chris on Twitter, not a troll 95. If I had a 3D printer like that, I'd make a rocket ship for Space Kid. He deserves it and also everything else in the universe. Hashtag Rooster Team, hashtag Nerf is 30. Uh, you son of a... <laughs> so thank you for that, Chris. That's delightful. It's real. And uh, the last one that we had is uh, our, our good friend Cam, who joined us on the last episode. He used Anchor Voice Messages, which you can do. Just go into the description. Leave us a voice message. It can be on your phone, on your computer, whatever. But we want to hear from you, just like we're hearing from Cam. Take it away, Cam. With a miracle 3D printer like this, I would go right to making cosplay props and costume pieces. Maybe I'll finally pull together something for a Rooster Teeth show. Do like the Meta's suit or a Holon cosplay. Although I do have to wonder, what would happen if I 3D print a 3D printer? Son of a bitch stole my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know how it feels. You say this like it's never happened before. It happens all the time, just not usually via message from the past. I'm telling you guys, mental plagiarism is becoming a real issue. We just call it brain twinning. (laughs) I like mental plagiarist better. (laughs) Well, excuse you. There's a sweet album uh, by a, a band called Queensryche uh, called Operation Mind Crime. Very <gasps> cool. Highly recommend it. Mind Crime? Wow. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, no, it's metal as hell. I highly recommend it. But uh, so so just to expound a little bit more then, Katie, what specifically, what pieces, what costume, what is your ultimate costume that you would use 3D p- printing to build? Oh, no, that wasn't it. It was the printing more printers bit. 
Oh, the printing more printers. Fuck yeah, me. Yeah, no. It was fine right up until the end. It was like, oh, that's a really good answer. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was I thought it was more the cosplay route. Not nope. the wishing for more wishes. Goodness. <laughs> You've never played D&D with me. I am one of those people that will find the limits and lean against them to see if I can get my way. But at the same time, if you keep using a 3D, the would you use that? one 3d printer to make more or would you use the 3d printer that you 3d printed to 3d print a 3d printer see you use the prime one to make more because copy of a copy creates degradation in the copies also the idea is tech support is my day job you always want a backup because occasionally something is going to happen. You're going to have a power outage that's going to fry something. You're, someone's going to drop it or spill coffee on it or install a virus or just do something. Do something that they really shouldn't have done but did anyway because they didn't know better, didn't think better, or thought they knew better. So, yeah, y- you always want some backup hardware. Then, then I'm going to change my answer and say I'm going to 3D print my day job. <laughs> Just as a backup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> but yeah. Megan, what would uh, you print with a fantasy 3D printer? With a fantasy printer? Oh my goodness. Where we could print literally whatever we want. I'm surprised nobody said this. I would print a Gundam. I want a mobile suit that I can hop into and fly around the world in. How did nobody respond with, give me a mech for goodness sake? Well, well, actually, didn't didn't somebody... Yeah, uh, Cam mentioned that we start printing Holon parts. But yeah. um, other, than, the, other than that... Cosplay parts. Then with, with that, do you then 3D print a garage and repairs and this and that? Like... I would rather 3D print a real size, a, a life size Gundam model that you can still just sort of snap together. And, <laughs> life and size little... Gunpla. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, no, what what is the one? What would be first? Because I know you would make the entire line. But what particular model would you make first? Um, Gundam, you know, Wing Zero, of course. You oh, know, no, 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 ah. OG. The no. original mobile suit Gundam. No, Gundam yeah, Wing no. is where it's at. The original mobile suit Gundam. Well, you can change your answer. That's fine. <laughs> I want Wing Zero. Um, I would also, you know what? I would, I would pick stuff from various points in the timeline. Like, um, but honestly, probably more the 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 Gundam Wing line. But then I'd also, Evangelion just dropped on Netflix. And Ava Unit 1 is one of the coolest mech designs I've ever seen. And I know that Avas are effed up, and I know that they're also part alien and everything like that. We get I'm hand-waving that because this is the magical 3D printer at work. I want Ava Unit 1 <laughs> because so, it's beautiful. So do you want, like, the plastic and steel replica of Ava Unit 1? Or do you want to see if this 3D printer will print moderate, moderated, modified alien flesh? I feel like that's a bridge I cross when I get to it. I was going to say, how far down the rabbit hole are we going here? Because it's a deep rabbit hole that goes all the way to hell. It created various nerf life. So the there seem to be no limits on this. Exactly. Oh, fuck. So give me <laughs> Ava Unit 1. <laughs> but I, I feel like that's less a monkey's paw and more the entire monkey. Go ahead, Mark. I'm trying to fig- <laughs> figure out what the hell Katie just said. <laughs> it's, 
it's it, well it made sense in my head <laughs> did it though uh, sort of you know you wish for something and it goes wrong this is like everything going wrong forever because god damn it uh, you wanted ava unit zero one well here's the thing i i want i would start with wing zero i would start with wing zero because it's again you don't have to replicate alien life or a weird art although i guess technically there is some sort of artificial intelligence at work with the the gundams because they do occasionally seem to have a mind of their own but i i would start with wing zero since that seems safer than recreating an ava that being said i would eventually work my way up to ava unit one because ooh, it's so cool <laughs> but then i think you you come into a an issue do you would have to constantly 3d print fuel and then you the world wonders what this fuel is and or, then you're or or unless <laughs> you also print an everlasting power source for these for these giant mechs and you can also basically it's so weird i i can't believe i didn't think about this as well but you could 3d print a perpetual energy source an arc reactor. Y- yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I was gonna, I was going to say a solar panel. We could solve the energy crisis. We should have started there. See, <laughs> we should have started there. Th- this is the the true nature of humanity. It's like, yeah, I want a bunch of 3D printers. Yeah, I want a giant robot. Yeah, Mark's thing that he hasn't said yet. <laughs> I mean, well, technically, we could also say solve world hunger. I, I, I assume we're all, we're doing a bunch of altruistic stuff first before we get our selfish responses. Like, if people Clearly, are losing their shit over GMOs, do you really think they're going to be okay with three D printed food? They seem to be so far. We wouldn't tell the world about this magical three D printer. We would keep that to ourselves. See, that's worse. That now we're now we're back into the ethical dilemma of everything. All, all I wanted to say was, I saw uh, a somebody 3d print a pizza and i'm and i'm in i'm so in (laughs) uh yes that's yeah that's the thing is like we could uh bestow the benefits of this magical 3d printer to the world without letting them know because then they're like because man can't be trusted with that kind of power with great power comes great responsibility and it's up to us to dole it out in that regard but then we're the we're the ones that are succumbing to the power. Wow. Are we going to talk Man. about this week's episode at all? <laughs> Dude, like I know we we were we're filling some time, but holy crap. Look, I told you this rabbit hole goes straight to hell. Guys, guys, do we want to know what Mark would print? Of course, of course. I just want to cap off my <laughs> response by saying the world is a mess and I just need to rule it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to keep stepping on you. Need to rule it. <laughs> so the only thing, the only thing that I was gonna wrap up yours with, Megan, is saying, "Look, we're gonna solve world hunger in just a second. I just need to get in the goddamn robot." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes. I would one hundred percent. If if we're in the mobile suit line, I would print either Epion or <gasps> um. Uh, a, or, or Lotor's mech from this last season uh, or from these last couple seasons yeah awesome um, but not in mechs I would print a teleportal gun essentially it's like 
Rick's gun from Rick and Morty, but different for copyright reasons. <laughs> um, but a place, a, a thing where I could open up portals to anywhere in the world that I would want to go. It would save on travel costs like a moof. Tell you what. That would but be amazing. Commute time. Oh, yeah, man. No, You want to talk about saving money on gas per person? Yeah. No, and that yeah. would be incredible, too, because, like, you could, you know, just... We're we're all, you know, just millennials in general. But I, I also feel like this is very um, apparent with just our our group. Like travel is important to us. It's important to see the world and experience other things and other cultures and things like that. And a teleportation gun would get basically give us that power, you know, at our fingertips. You know, we could get together every week in person and record this podcast. And that's just like one thing that would be made slightly easier. Uh, again, you have the world at your fingertips. Yeah. And and it's it, it wouldn't be something where it's like a giant portal. It's like a person-sized portal for a couple people to come through. It's nothing major. It will only kind of change the world, but in a small way, as opposed to a giant fucking robot <laughs> you say that like we wouldn't use that portal gun to like send someone to the moon again i mean i would yeah somebody i didn't like <laughs> not what i meant by that but okay 100 what i meant by that what's to stop someone from 3d printing another portal gun and using it for evil see this is why we need to keep the 3d the magical 3d printer under wraps See, this is why you don't have power, because you scare people. I mean, I think Megan scares people just in general sometimes, but that's that this goes for all true. of humanity. <laughs> I am a Slytherin. That doesn't make you evil. That makes you ambitious. <laughs> and that's ambitious what I would for do. evil. <laughs> and that's what I would do with a 3D printer. I would use it to bestow benevolence upon the world. You know, create amazing tech innovations like what Mark's fantastic idea, but I wouldn't dole it out to the masses because people can't be trusted. And you're Perfect. not a people. Beautiful. <laughs> a person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little, a little too close to home, but yeah. So <laughs> the reason we, the reason we are vamping so much, uh, partially, is because this week's episode of. Uh, that we're going to be discussing, Who Peed in the Lake, written by Oren Mendez and Lee Lahav, is pretty straightforward and doesn't leave that much room for conjecture. So <laughs> what the hell are we going to talk about? My first question, and I'll throw this to Megan. So how did you drink your Capri Sun as a kid? Uh, the normal way. <laughs> I, uh, you know, the, the, the hole, you know, is designated there for a reason. <laughs> I wasn't one of those cool kids that po you know that that drink it upside down. I I was like there are clear instructions here. I'm going to follow those instructions. Through the hole like a civilized human being. If you drink it through the bottom for one, that that straw doesn't go through a goddamn thing. It occasionally mm. doesn't even go through the goddamn hole. So, drinking it through the bottom is occasionally an exercise in futility. And you can't put it down if you don't finish it all in one go. So it's cool, but also it's stupid. So through the hole, like a goddamn civilized human being. So one time I poked through the bottom of the Capri Sun, and then I realized that I couldn't put it down. So I sort of like tried to chug it by squeezing the pouch. Oh, and, no. then, and that that pushed the straw into the back of my throat and I choked. <laughs> 
So I stopped drinking it that way fairly quickly. It's almost like you learned. Oh, God. Live and learn. Hanging um, on the edge of tomorrow. Happy birthday, Sonic. Yeah, the, the day we're recording this, Sonic is 28 years old. What an old fart. <laughs> He's younger than me. <laughs> so, yeah, the the episode was centering around Max trying to get to the bottom of a mystery just because he wanted to hold somebody accountable. It's it's pretty textbook Max. But uh, the, the first real question that I wanted to ask, and I'll start with you, Katie, uh, was did you have an initial suspect? Here's the thing, and I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you were here for this. While we were recording, and we started with who peed in the lake, I had this little bit about, you know, everything pees in the lake. The bear pees in the lake. The fish pee in the lake. Everything pees in the lake. It's not a big deal. So that was kind of my thing going forward. I guess I called it? Kind of? Well, if if I may, when... uh. Basically, yeah, we we started watching this episode and Katie said something along the lines of every everybody does it or something like that. And I said, well, if I know my Agatha Christie, if I know my murder mysteries, um, spoiler alert for a really, really, really old book, I guess. <laughs> and a not quite as old movie. <laughs> and a not quite as old movie because a movie did just recently come out. And, and I, I will say, spoiler alert for Murder on the Orient Express because actually when I went and saw the new Murder on the Orient Express um, when it came out, the friend I had seen it with had never read the book and had never seen the older film adaptation so she legitimately didn't know who did it and i was very surprised by that because i got spoiled for it years ago during an episode of doctor who but so there's your spoiler alert for murder on the orient express when uh when we sat down to watch it and katie said something along the lines of you know everybody does it i said well Maybe this is like Murder on the Orient Express. Maybe they all did it. <laughs> and that was, like, before th- we hit play. <laughs> so, <laughs> if I know my Agatha Christie, and I think I do, uh, yeah, I also kind of called it. <laughs> yeah. Well, shoot. There went all the conjecture that was going to come from that question. <laughs> yeah, How about you, Mark? Kinda, yeah. Did you have an initial suspect? Initially, I was pretty sure that it was either going to be Neil or Space Kid, and then as as the episode was was going on, it was fairly clear that it was everybody. I think everybody had a moment had a moment way before Max called everybody in, where they went, "Oh, it, it was everybody." But then I think the the expertise and the the placement and the direction of this episode was really key in when. They Max replays the day and you start to see footage that you didn't see. It connects all of the stuff that you did see. So in subsequent viewings, you notice, no, Preston isn't with everybody as they come out of the mess hall. Or no, Neil runs up from a different location. And that that sort of placement, even though this episode was, was fairly straightforward and still very camp camp and fair... Oh my god. The fact that... The, the sh- episode was called Who Peed in the Lake? And one of the first things you see is Nikki drinking up all of the lake water. Yeah. Was, 
<laughs> exactly. Just like, oh, no, Nikki, you don't know what's about to happen or what is currently happening. Um, also, but lake I, water the expert- in general. Yeah, and water in general. The expertise of building this episode is really a credit to the entire team and is one that I'm pretty sure will will stand out as one of the, even though we are f- three to four episodes in as t- at time of recording this, I think it'll stand out as a, a pretty damn good episode. But um, and, any, and if any, I may, if, if go I ahead, may. please. Um, it's it's very much just as a fan of mystery writing in general that it and mystery movies and things like that that is the mark of a good mystery is going back and being able to rewatch it and putting all the pieces together because like if and like that's i don't think people really understand how intricate and difficult it is to write a mystery in that regard um because even though, you know, we can feel smart for, for being able to call it, as, as you said, Mark, it is so much harder to actually, as, as a creator, put those pieces into place and make the machine run really well. And so that's one of the things I really do appreciate about mysteries is the, the level of care and effort that goes into setting up all these pieces and getting them to come together like that. So... I, yeah, that's the mark of a good mystery is being able to go back and see how everything was set up. And yeah, it, like it, it's something where I've watched like Clue a million times. I've seen it so many times that like there, this, this, there are certain alternate endings in Clue where I'm like, that actually doesn't make sense because at this point, this person is here and that person's there. So it makes no sense. There's no way this alternate ending could actually work that way. Um, we all agreed that the Miss Scarlet ending is like the ending, right? The <laughs> canon ending? <laughs> the canon ending is actually the last one, but yeah, the Miss Scarlet No, one I reject the-, the last one. The <laughs> Miss Scarlet one is the one that actually makes sense. Agreed. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to point that out to your point, Mark, this is a very well constructed episode and, uh, everybody should be really proud about it. Yeah. And there's a number of mysteries, horror movies, etc., where it's, you hit the big reveal and you kind of sit there and go, what? And when you go back and rewatch it or look at it again, it's like, oh no, something was changed at the end where they had to try to make a twist or whatever, because there are no clues leading up to this person or this thing being the culprit. Like, you can tell when a mystery is ill-constructed. A good one, like you said, all the clues are there, but that doesn't mean that you're able to figure it out right away. Whereas a bad one isn't, oh, I figured it out. It's, there were no clues here to get to this destination. What the hell? That's an ass pull. Yeah, I think the only twist, quote-unquote twist, that occurred was the one at the end where Max revealed that he couldn't swim. Yeah. And that still felt like it felt valid and that there was a place for it in the show. And if anything, one of the one of my favorite things about Camp Camp and shows like this in general is when yeah, there's stuff that affects the overarching narrative, but sometimes if we watch this episode in season 1, or season two, or season three, the only thing that really places it in season four is that David's not there because of something with Cam. 
Yeah. You you change that line to anything else. This this episode can fit anywhere in in the canon of the show because it opens clean and it ends clean nobody's gonna talk about this ever again so (laughs) i'd i'd be surprised if we ever hear about it again yeah it was a pretty good little bottle episode (laughs) this truly was the best mystery ever now let us never speak (laughs) of it again (laughs) it was great bye and um, mystery time (laughs) i also um I, I like, uh, again, you know, you can definitely tell there's a lot of Agatha Christie influence here because even though Max isn't, you know, he's more Detective Pikachu Ryan Reynolds than he is uh, <laughs> Miss Marple or Inspector Poirot, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, Agatha Christie influence here because there's, I, I believe it's Murder in the Library. I might be misattributing the, the book it's to, but at one point... Famous detective Miss Marple says that when she interrogates people, she always assumes everyone is lying. And, you know, when you when you go into that, when you go into those interrogations with that assumption, you know, it's a lot easier to pick out, you know, which lies are more far fetched and to to be able to root out the truth that way. If you're already assuming that everyone's lying to you. Um, and that's exactly how kind of Max approaches it, is he knows everybody's hiding something. So he's a pretty good detective. It's easy to keep people off of your scent if you if you make it sound make it seem like everybody else smells worse than you. <laughs> Project like crazy. And I mean, we got a little bit of that with Gwen. Like, if you're asking people, why don't you ask the kid that never left the lake? Every, everybody was just trying to get Max away but generally that just seems like every everything about this was textbook to to a way that fit into the mystery ethos and because we're just familiar with how everybody performs and i love it (laughs) thank you to everybody who is listening who has listened who shared who's left a voice message so cam thank you cam but thank you to everybody who supports the show we humbly appreciate it we are on itunes spotify anchor Please leave reviews where you can. It gets more visibility to us and uh, it, it will allow us to sort of grow and reach more people. Well, the more the more ears that we hit, the more voices that we get pinging back and the more types of discussions that we can have. There's a lot of stuff out there to talk about as evident by our <laughs> podcast feed. Uh, if, if you're just listening to Camp Camp, make sure to go and check out. We did a show for Genlock. We have some stuff about Ruby Red versus Blue. And of course, anything else that's going to be coming out of Rooster Teeth. We have some stuff rumbling and we're just kind of waiting for the right announcements to happen. RTX is coming up. So hopefully we'll hear a little bit more about some of our favorite projects. But uh, other than that, you can support if you want to support us, share the show, everybody who's listening, everybody who's shared, we absolutely adore you. Make sure to join our Discord too. That Discord, I'm sorry, I, I ugh, God, what's wrong with me today? Make sure you join our Discord. Our link's down below. It's where we're talking about stuff all throughout the week, and you can help make these shows by bringing up different discussion topics as well. But on top of that, we do have a sponsor. So, Katie, if you would be so kind as to tell the fine folks at home about our sponsor. Of course. The Camp Camp Counselor's Corner is sponsored by Fred's BS, Breads and Spreads by Fred. 
Fred's BS is an LA local one-man baked goods business that offers unique flavors in small batches. Whether you're looking for homemade jams, brownies, blondies, or brown sugar buddies, the best cookies you've ever had, Fred's BS can provide. All products are made in small batches with fresh ingredients, nothing is ever frozen, and Fred provides a plethora of flavors that can't be found in stores, like the aforementioned brown sugar buddies or his strawberry peach paradise sunrise jam. Also, if you're LA local, you can choose pickup instead of delivery and get your goods even sooner. Head to fredsbs.com and use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. That's fredsbs.com, F-R-E-D-S-B-S.com, and coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM. Fred's BS, treat yourself, because you deserve it. It's convention season, it's camp season. Guys, order your convention snacks and your camp snacks through Fred's BS. Those cookies are amazing. Yo, if you're going to RTX, Fred's would be a great way to keep yourself fueled throughout the weekend. I brought Fred's to RTX last year and kind of shared it around. People loved it. Yeah, they, they seemed pretty popular. Oh, yeah. So as we mentioned earlier in the episode, fairly straightforward, not a lot to talk about. However, uh, I do want to open up to the floor. Does anybody have anything else they want to bring up? I do. Pick me. Pick me. Put me in, coach. Um, Never. Hmm. <laughs> Um, I know, I know this one. I know this one. Megan, Megan. <laughs> um, I it just, I feel like Hermione, like raising my hand in class. <laughs> I've got one. Um, so yeah, we, you mentioned, uh, Mark, that, uh, you know, the the true motive here, the true culprit was in fact Max because he was trying to deflect and keep everyone from finding out his deep dark secret of not being able to swim. Uh, I, I want to point out that as we mentioned, we are recording on Sonic the Hedgehog's birthday today, and Max is in oh fact Sonic the Hedgehog because oh he can't my swim. God. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, like literally the first thing I said when I was watching it, and they were like, he can't swim, and I was like, because he's Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> And I, I find that delightful on a number of levels. Um, <laughs> but uh, Katie actually pointed out, I can't take credit for this this idea, Katie actually pointed out that this is actually really good character building for Max, and it's very in line with his sadly negligent family life because one of the reasons why he probably can't swim is probably because his parents never took the time to teach him. Or to sign him up for swim classes, but swimming isn't one of those activities where you can kind of just pick it up on your own after a while. It tends to take some dedicated parental involvement. And also, he, he could have been in an area where there wasn't a, he didn't have friends or family with the pool, there's no community pool, nothing nothing offered. There yeah. are a lot of inner city kids who can't swim, and that's, to me, it's somebody who who spent years and years and years of my life swimming, um, like, that's very sad to me. Um, when I come across somebody who can't swim, it is an example of a type of privilege I didn't even realize that I had because it came so second nature to me. So, um, my, I, it, it makes, it makes my heart sad when, when I meet somebody who, who can't swim. I think if anything, Space Kid would be the only person who would blab to David. <laughs> yeah. Unintentionally, I think, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, but I don't think we'll we'll see swimming lessons. Uh, Probably not. I I think it would be very sweet though if at some point in the future 
David did find out and took the time to teach him. Obviously, like, it, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't, he'd have to approach it in a way where Max wouldn't have to feel too vulnerable doing it. But um, I think that'd be very sweet. Ah, well, with that feel-good, warm, fuzzy moment, wait, considering the subject of this episode, that's a terrible way to put it. Um, <laughs> actually, really, one last thing that I, before I go. Man, Richie Branson has been absolutely killing it so far this season. And to have the episode end with, with him saying, I have to go pee-pee, uh, is just... <laughs> magic and i highly recommend uh, so rooster teeth stopped releasing it through youtube or, or any other measure they are they are releasing the songs on spotify so if you're listening to the podcast on spotify that's a short trip either way you can sign in and get a free spotify account like just log in through facebook or whatever and listen to the song in its entirety it's so good it's ridiculously good so i have heard <laughs> from one source well, and people on Twitter when the uh, when this episode dropped, people were talking about "Holy cow, that ending song!" So, not just you. Also, I believe Isa. Isa, <laughs> uh, I think Al said that it was his favorite one. There's there's a lot of if there's any conjecture to be pulled, it's the debate over whether the P song by Richie Branson is the best end song on any season of Camp Camp. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but. I believe that's going to do it for us here on Camp Camp Counselor's Corner. Pretty straightforward episode, but we'll be back next time with a lot a lot bigger of a show to uh, to discuss new adventure. And before we go, I just want to thank everybody again. But uh, Megan, Katie, if you'd be so kind as to tell the folks where they can find you on all the socials. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I also do a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost, where my co-host Will Link and I uh, talk about Lost. He loves it, and I don't. <laughs> so that makes for interesting discussion topics. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams, where me and a familiar cohort talk about horror movie things. We're currently talking about Attack on Titan over there. Mm-hmm. I'm Katie. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you like reaction videos to these episodes, they live on that YouTube, though at a slightly delayed rate, because that is my life. I also do another podcast called On The Point. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast where my co-host and I talk all things Overwatch League. And guys, stage three has been bonkers. So we're going to have all sorts of fun stuff to talk about. Be sure to check that out too. You can find me at Mark Bidonica on Instagram and Twitter. I'm currently just part of part of the reason why we were behind is everybody's work schedule my new work schedule i'm still trying to get used to it it's absolutely crazy but uh there is some good stuff coming out of it and if there's anything that i'm working on directly or uh in helping to produce for the company that i work for i will tweet about it so if you see me tweet about something that i'd be very would be very on brand for me now at this point is usually something that I've I've had some involvement with. So uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter for that. Also, if you like theme parks, head on over to Party of Two Pod on Anchor or Twitter or 
no, just Twitter. That's the only social media we have. Um, we're going to be putting up another episode very, very, very soon about the concept of imagination and the future of the Imagination Pavilion down here in Epcot. It it got it got a little heated, but um, for the for good reasons and in a good way. But make sure to check that out if you're a fan of Disney theme parks or Epcot or Small Purple Dragons or Eric Idle. But I think that's going to do it for us here on the Camp Camp Counselor's Corner. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, Camp ADM.